Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is amazing. Amen. Man, can we just give God a hand for the worship this morning? Come on. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. All hail the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Are you ready this morning? Oh, man. He's in the building. Amen. And if he's here, that's all that matters. He's here for us and we're here for him. And somewhere in the middle, there's an explosion. Amen. Oh, man. Uh, man, family time's good, isn't it? This is awesome. I, I, uh, I'm excited this morning to share my heart. Like, like really excited because Jesus lives in it. And I, my prayer this morning is that you just encounter him. And uh, I'm excited this morning to share the truth of God's word. Who, 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 who wants the scripture this morning? Listen, do, do you know why the scripture affects us in such a powerful way? It's because it's God breathed. It's, it's the God breathed. It's not man made, it's God breathed. And see, when God breathes on something, the result is life. Oh my, you remember in Genesis? God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And how did Adam come to life? God breathed into his nostrils and he came to life. See, when we read the scriptures and we believe them, receive them, we apply them to our life and we begin to live them out, the result is life because they're God breathed. There's so many people walking around the earth today and they're even, they're even Christians and they're alive on the outside but they're dead on the inside. And so what we get to do is live out the God-breathed word and help them come to life. Amen. It's powerful because it's God-breathed, and we need it. It's a daily bread. We need it every day, man, and it just brings life to our souls. Are you with me this morning? Isn't that good? I'm excited to share the God-breathed word for you this morning. I, I, I got... Uh, something specific that I, I feel led to talk about and go after this morning, but I I want to kind of I want to kind of leeway into it. Okay, there's I feel like right now and I think it's really prevalent. There's a lot happening in the body of Christ. Okay, there's um, you know a, a amazing things taking place. Man, I believe that everybody in the the church is just being awakened to some things, and it's and it's awesome. I feel like there's a couple of really prevalent things that I want to address this morning and just get excited about. But, but before I even say that, let me just remind you of something. Do you know that God's moving in power all over the earth? Like, like the question is, is are we paying attention to the right things? It's got to be him. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus He's moving in power. And one of the things I feel like is happening in the body of Christ is that we're being awakened in such a fresh way to, to that not only is God moving in power, but as we move, he moves. As we act, he acts. Because he's a God of action. He, he's a God of power. 
He's in the life-changing business. He's pursuing people. He's moved for God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus to us, to rescue us, to save us, to bring healing inside and out. And we're not waiting on a move of God. We're stepping out, and we're just joining the movement. We're realizing that we get to be a vessel and a mouthpiece that he moves through. Amen? This is exciting, man. And so I'm just thinking about how just... Man, I believe we're in such an exciting time right now because God is moving in power. You know, if you can't see that he's moving in power, there's a good chance that you're paying attention to and listening to the wrong things. See, sometimes it's actually easier to focus on what's not happening rather than what is happening. Sometimes it's actually easier to focus more on what the enemy's doing and what he wants to do rather than what Jesus is doing and what he wants to do through you and I. See, as we move, he moves. As we act, he acts, and he confirms our words with signs, wonders, and various miracles because this is who the Father is. Are you with me this morning? He's moving, man. And so I feel like one of the major things that's happening right now in the body of Christ is that we're being awakened to the fact that Jesus is our purpose for being alive. And this is something that we've kind of known, but I believe it's actually beginning to connect. Here's what's happening. We're realizing that he's our only hope. There's a lot happening in the world, a lot that we don't agree with. There's a lot that that we're faced with, man. But one thing is true is that Jesus is moving. And he wants to act and move through us. And we get to partner with him to bring change to the world that we're in. And so we're discovering he's our purpose. And really what's happening is we're seeing, man, it's like there is no in-between. It's Jesus or nothing. See, that's one of the things I feel like the body of Christ, we're realizing like there is no one foot in and one foot out. It's like Jesus or nothing, light or darkness, good or evil, right or wrong. I'm all in or I'm all out. There is no in-between. If you live in the in-between, the Bible calls it lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, God will spew you out of his mouth. I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm just bringing the God-breathed word. And it's the truth that sets us free. When, when we find ourselves living in between, God spews us. It's just as simple as that. And we find ourselves like, like straddling this fence and settling for like this, this mediocre life. And at some point at the church, we're being awakened. And, and we're realizing, man, that there's more to it. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of a counterfeit freedom. I want the real freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. I'm tired of struggling, and I'm realizing I don't have to struggle anymore because I have Jesus. Greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. And so we're realizing, man, that Jesus has paid a price, not for us to live a mediocre life, but for us to have an abundant life. And so that's what's wicked, man. Jesus is my purpose. See, there's some things that's being exposed right now. See, I feel like we're still someone in this sifting process from last year to this, this year. And we have to make a decision. Melanie talked about it last week. I think two of the biggest things that are being exposed right now, it was so powerful, her word, are the religious spirit and the political spirit. It's so awesome, man. I'm telling you, man, light's penetrating darkness really, really fast. And the body of Christ is realizing this is not about a religion. This is about a relationship. This is not about a political agenda to gain power. This is about partnering with God to advance his kingdom through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the religious spirit and the political spirit is being exposed. And what's left is the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's word. 
And the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 2.10 is revealing the deep things of the Father's heart to us. And the Spirit is taking what is Jesus's and it's making it known to us. And we're going, man, he really is my only hope. There's no way I can live this straddled fence life anymore. Because once you straddle the fence, you've already said yes to the devil. This is what's happening right now. So to me, I'm saying this. I understand that I'm preaching to the choir. But this is exciting, man. See, the other thing I feel like that's happening, and this is going to sound kind of funny, but we as believers, we're realizing, man, that Jesus lives in us. I am realizing that in a new found way. That we carry Jesus with us everywhere we go. That we're not trying to follow him and keep up with him. We actually get to become like him because we've been possessed by him. This is what's happening. Christ in us, the hope of glory. No longer out of the list, but Christ in me. As he is, so am I. It's the same way that the Father sent him. He's now sending us because we're carrying him with us everywhere we go. Oh, my goodness. We're realizing that we get to represent him. We get to be his hands and his feet. And we're also realizing that with him comes the spirit. And with the spirit comes power. We're realizing, man, we're loaded. So we're walking around, man, loaded, man. And what comes with that? Watch, because Christ is in us. He's making us aware of the need and the hurt and the cry of the world around us. Here's what's happening, man. We're beginning to have a burden for the lost. We're being awakened, man, to this realization, man. Man, Christ is, man, he's working. Oh, man, he's in me. He's marking us with his love. And we're beginning to love what he loves. And he loves other people. So we're walking around with Christ fully loaded, the spirit and power. And we're beginning to have a love and compassion for people. And this desire for people to step into what he paid for them to have because we love them. And we love them because he first loved us. And his love for us just flows over into a love for other people. Boom. And this is, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm experiencing this every day of my life. This morning on the way to church, I stopped at the Shell gas station, man, to get a, a naked, a drink. <laughs> a, a naked, naked drink. And, and the guy checking me out said, hey, bro, thank you so much for checking me out. You just need to know how much God loves you. He goes, man, I appreciate that. And I just stood right there for about five minutes and just loved on him towards the heart of the Father. Man, it was just awesome. It, it's, it's just incredible. And, and we're, we're also realizing because Christ is in us, it's not about us. It's about him. So the pressure's just coming off, and it's becoming the most normal thing in the world to just release Jesus everywhere we go. See, see, it's about the spirit, and he's perfect. So it just leaves us being sons and daughters, to just loving people and watching the spirit move. Listen, the spirit never comes off his assignment. We might come off of ours, but he's steadfast. So when you step out, he steps out. I promise every single time. He never comes off his assignment. We should feel no pressure other than just be sons and daughters resting in him in the kingdom. And Christ in us just literally just becomes Christ through us. It's just everywhere we go. We don't have to try. Man, here's what we've come to this conclusion. It's not okay to just be okay. It's not okay to just sit back and just hope that everything works out for that person behind the shell service desk. I, I can't, it's, it's not okay. We're discovering that we were born to change the world. We can and we will because the world changer lives inside of us, Jesus Christ. I, I'm, I'm bothered to think about people spending eternity apart from God. 
Tuesday morning, we had a knock on our door really, really early. I mean, it was like so early that it woke the whole house up. <laughs> and, and like, we were like, man, what, who's at the door? We remembered, man, we're having materials from Home Depot delivered to our house because we're working on our bathroom project. And so we, the, the doorbell knocks. You know what I'm saying? Blaze wakes up. Jethro wakes up. We're like, man, it's so early. <laughs> Caroline just got through rocking Blaze back down, you know, five in the morning, you know. And so I remember I just get to my feet, and I remember before I could even get frustrated that my family was walking, I, I was just like, man, I know exactly why they're here so early in the morning. They don't know it, but they're looking for Jesus. I promise that was my thought. You can ask Caroline. I, that they're looking for Jesus, man. And if they come to my home, that's what they're going to get. And then I, my next thought was, man, what if they were to get in their big truck and drive down the road and have an accident and not know Jesus has been an eternity apart from him? See, one of the things that's happening is we're discovering that Jesus is our only hope. He's our purpose for being alive. And he lives in us. I go to the door and I open it. He goes, man, I'm so sorry. I tried to call you. I said, hey, bro, no, no, no. My phone's been on airplane mode. No apology needed. I said, thank you so much for coming to our home and delivering these materials. You're amazing. I'm going to actually come out and help you unload your truck. And he looks at me. He goes, he actually, he actually pulls his mask down under his chin. He goes, bro, you sure? I said, yeah, man. I said, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. These guys, man, no one takes the time to do that. People get mad at them. People tell them what they do wrong, and I just get to tell them everything they do right. So I walked out in the driveway, we load the stuff, and before they left, I said, I just want you guys to know how much Jesus loves you. I'm holding Jethro in my arms. And I just spent about like 20 or 30 minutes just like sharing the gospel with them. I'm holding Jethro, and the first thing I said before they left is, do you know how much God loves you? And one guy looks at me and says, I knew there was something different about you. Ain't nobody helped me unload my truck before. <laughs> See, that's, that's my goal in life. It's when people look at my life, they don't see me. They see Christ in me. I don't need people to see Wes. I'm good. I got him. I need people to see the truth. I want people, the way I talk, the way I move, the way I respond to people, my attitude, the things that come out of my mouth. And because he lives in me and because I love them, I step out and I can't help but speak. Are you with me, man? And we just, I just stood there with just about 20 or 30 minutes, and I knew it was a long time because my arm was so tired of holding jet. It was sleeping on my shoulder. And right before they left, I said, I just want you guys to know something. You guys are world changers. I said, the moment you said yes to Jesus, welcome to the ministry. You don't need a pulpit or platform. You guys are changing the world right now. Listen, people are looking for a pulpit, a platform, a stage, man, to release their gifting through, man. Once you said yes to Jesus, welcome to the ministry. We carry him with us everywhere we go. So everywhere we go, we're already on the stage, whether in front of one or in front of a million and one. It doesn't matter. We just have him. That's all we, that's all we have is him. And they looked at me and said, we needed that so bad. They both were believers. It was awesome conversation. It was amazing. Our purpose for being alive is Jesus. The other thing that I feel like is really exciting, and here's where I'll, I'll, I'll hang out for just a few minutes. <laughs> Not that I didn't hang out on that for a few minutes. <laughs> I feel like one of the things that's happening in the body of Christ, and y'all, what I'm about to tell you is changing my life. It's wrecking me in the best way. And it's that the kingdom of God is not made up of individuals. It's made up of a family. 
the young adult group, man, we just went through a whole series about that. And I, I'm not saying this lightly, man. It has, it has wrecked my heart in the best. I will never be the same. Look at me. It's real simple this morning. You were not meant to do this alone. You were wired and created for relationship. It's all throughout the scripture. One of the major themes in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is family. And it begins in the very first chapter of the God-breathed word. God establishes family. This does not take away from you being an individual or having a personal relationship with God. But as an individual, you are also a part of something bigger and something greater. It's the family of God. And what happens is, is if you're an individual and you're pursuing God and you step inside the context of family, you discover something. You discover, man, we need one another. I need you and you need me. People go, no, man, I get everything I need from Jesus. He's everything I need. That's true, too. But essentially what we're saying when we get everything we need from him, we're saying he's the source by which everything we need flows from. See, he, he is the source. He's the rock. He's the foundation. He's the river that never stops flowing. The wind that never stops blowing. The fire that never burns out. He's our purpose. He's our reason. He's the source. But the reality is, is one of the greatest ways, man, that Jesus reveals himself to us. One of the greatest ways we hear the voice of God. One of the greatest ways we can encourage, empower, and edify towards the heart of the Father is through family. Do you see that? I want to say something this morning, and I'm not, I just came to bring the God-breathed word because I'm going to share scripture that goes along with this too. And if you're a Christian and you're not plugged into a church family, there's a good chance, and this is not true for everybody. This is true from a lot of my experiences of meeting Christians that aren't plugged into a church home or a church family. There's a good chance that your relationship with Jesus looks like you want it to look rather than how it should look. If you're not plugged into a family and a part of a body, a local body of believers that gather together and love on one another, help one another, encourage one another, there's a good chance that Jesus is on your terms rather than God terms. Are you with me this morning? I'm not being mean. This is, I've learned this. (laughs) Because the only reason you'd be a Christian and not be a part of a body is so that you wouldn't have to be committed to anyone or submitted to anything. And the result is, man, Jesus is just what you want him to look like. And you live a life of isolation, separation, and there's zero accountability. Because you won't be submitted to anyone or committed to anything. Y'all, the the reality is, is that you weren't created to do this alone. And people go, well, you know, Les, I don't want to be a part of an organization. Then don't be. If you gather together on a Sunday morning to be a part of an organization, you've come for the wrong reasons. We gather together as a family to encounter one person. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's so good at creating family. So don't be a part of an organization. Come be a part of the church family. Man, it, well, you go, well, Wes, you know, I don't need to be a part of something. You know, I am the church. That's true, you are, but you're also a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And in order for the body to function together, it has to come together. Woo! I am the church. Yes, I'll preach that all day long. Go and be the church, but you're also a part of the body. 
And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, that he's arranged the parts of the body just like he likes them. And each part plays a unique, powerful role. And in order for the parts to actually come together and work together to manifest the head, Jesus Christ, we got to meet together. We got to love on one another. We got to help one another. I need you and you need me. And the source of that need is Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is not made up of individuals. It's a family business. Woo! Listen to me this morning. This, is, this has been changing my life. And this is something I've already known. It's beginning to connect like never before. I need you. Come on. Yeah. Look. look if, if you're a Christian and not part of a church, it's like saying I want to be uh, married but remain single. See, when you say yes to Jesus, you become one with God. And when you become one with God, you join the kingdom family. Because we weren't created to go at this alone. Jesus even chose 12 disciples. And if he could go at it alone, anybody. Like, if anybody could go at it alone, he could. Amen? But he still chose a family to run with. Are you with me? Hebrews 10, 25 says, don't forsake the gathering of the assembly. Don't give up meeting with another. Encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Man, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. And you go, well, that's talking about husband and wife. No, that's God establishing family. It ain't good for you to be alone. Ecclesiastes 4 9 says, two are better than one. You know what that means? It means that you as an individual pursuing God, it's, that's, that's fine. But it's better if there's a couple of you pursuing God together because you need one another. That's what, it's, that's what the scripture's saying. And here's what happens. Here's what's, here's what's been wrecking my life. As we discover that we're living inside the context of family, all of a sudden, man, it changes the way that you see one another. This is what's been happening to me. When you go from, when you go from being an individual, like pursuing God, and you step inside the context of family, it's like the... You go from the way you treat one another and value one another and honor one another and respond to one another. It goes from being an individual to realizing I'm a son or daughter surrounded by my brothers and sisters that Jesus gave up his life for. What's been happening to me, y'all, is that everywhere I go, man, I'm not just seeing people and individuals. I'm seeing my brothers and sisters that Jesus died for. And my love and compassion is going to a new place. I'm serious. I don't know how to explain it to you. I just know that I have been, it's been more than just about this love for people. It's like, man, this is my brother and sister that Jesus died for. And even if they don't know God yet, man, I love them as a brother like they already do because it's his loving goodness and kindness that leads people to repentance. It hit me, man, the last street ministry in May. We had street ministry yesterday too. It was so powerful. But but in, in May, there was a, a group of us, we went to the mobile home community and and we knocked on doors and passed out groceries and prayed for people. And when we went back to this one lady's house, we were there about four months ago. We met her and knocked on her door and she invited us in. And we discovered that she was pregnant and a lot of pain, was not a believer, and wasn't sure if she wanted to keep the baby. And so we just loved on her, prayed over her. And by the end of the conversation, man, all her pain had left her body. And she decided, I think I want to keep this baby. Because we were just speaking life, man. This is a gift from God. And what he has for you and your family is so powerful. And and so two months later, Nedra and the pastoral care team man, put together a gift basket full of baby clothes and diapers. And we took it back to her. We knew she was getting close to giving birth. And we just blessed her with it. And on that trip, we shared the gospel again. And she gave her life to Jesus. 
It was awesome. And we, we gave her a Bible, and Carmen helped her read the Bible. And then in May, we discovered that she had the baby. So we went and visited the baby after it was a week old, and Miss Yvonne laid hands on the baby and blessed that baby. Oh, and it was so powerful. We loved on her encouraged her, and you could just see light. She says, I'm doing so good, and Jesus is in me, and I'm standing there, and it hits me all at once. I'm looking at this lady, and I go, man, this is not just a person that I love so much. This is my sister. And something began to well up in me, and I began to cry. And I said, Carmen and Michael, will you interpret for me? She spoke very little English. And I just began to just release a word of encouragement. And I just began to see light and life in her and in her home. And I just began to see the way that she was affecting her husband and what her home is. And I just began, I don't even know what I said. I was just, it was just this love and compassion. Y'all, you want love and compassion to go to a new level, a new place? Realizing that you're looking at brothers and sisters that Jesus gave up his life for. These are not just people you're sitting next to. These are God's children. Are you with me this morning? That has been changing my life. That day I cried from person to person that we prayed for. The very next lady, all I could see was my sister. Like literally my sister. And I, phys- I literally saw healing come in her back. Literally, I knew she said her back was in so much pain. And I literally, in that moment, man, I saw the Holy Spirit touch her back. And all her pain left, and she just wept, and she needed a job. And we just declared the favor of God over a job for her. It was awesome, y'all. I preach this all the time that we're driven by love and compassion, but I'm not going to stop preaching it ever. When we live and, and lead with love and compassion, what comes with that, man, is the gifts. What comes with that is the power. Because it's not about us. It's about a love for the people around us. And it goes to a new place inside the context of family. God has been uh, establishing this family from the beginning. If you, if you look in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter, chapter 1, verse 26, God says, let us make mankind into our image. Look, who's the us? Who's the our? It's the Father, it's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What, what, God refers to himself as plural. What was God doing right there? He said, this is not going to be a me. This is going to be about we. He's establishing family in the kingdom of God. In the book of Genesis, at the very beginning, he goes, this is going to be a family business. You weren't created to do this alone. This is about one another. Man, one of the things that God was doing, he was getting rid of the hierarchy for so long. Man, people have been trying to figure out what's the hierarchy. Is it God first and then Jesus second and then the Spirit third? I would like to suggest that it wasn't about a hierarchy to God. It was about a family. Woo! Not me, but we. He got rid of the hierarchy. He got rid of this need to try to figure out who's in charge. And it was their love for one another that made the three become one. If somebody would go, Wes, can you please explain the Trinity to me? Please, let, like, let, how is it this God, the Father, the Son, and, and the Spirit, the three separate people, but they're one? Yes, I can explain it. It was their love for one another. Woo! Their love got rid of the need to figure out the hierarchy who's in charge. It's going to be about we. And see, y'all, this is what happens when we step inside the context of family. It's our unconditional love for one another that gets rid of the hierarchy. 
that gets rid of trying to figure out who's in charge and who's anointed and who's appointed and who can do this and who can do that. It's our love that puts us on the same playing field and together we advance the kingdom of God. This is a family business. I'm spinning everywhere. When we step inside the context of family, all of a sudden, man, oh, man, these are my brothers and sisters that Jesus gave up his life for. I get to love you with an unconditional love, so it gets rid of the comparison. I'm not comparing with anybody anymore. I'm celebrating people. It's not about the anointing, the pointing, the dues, and that. They can do this, and they haven't done that, or they've been through that, or I don't know about them. Oh, man, no. I'm not comparing myself to anyone. I'm just celebrating. I love what you have, and I have something too. And together, man, we're going to manifest the head, Jesus Christ. In the words of Leif Heaven, he says, we're not competing with one another. We're completing one another. We're not assuming. We're not judging. We're not jealous. It's our love that makes us one. Are you with me? And do you know what naturally happens when love puts us all in the same playing field? When love makes us one, we just begin to honor the stew out of one another. We spend the rest of our lives, man, just looking at one another, just how can I honor you, man? Not for who you appear to be or what you have or haven't done, but for who Jesus says you are. Because right now in the context of family, it's our love that doesn't make anybody greater than or less than the other. It puts us all on the same playing field, and we all need Jesus Christ. Woo, come on. So we just begin to honor one another. The greatest example is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Their love for one another made the three become one, and they spent the rest of their days just honoring the stew out of one another. Think about this. Think about the Father. Think about God, the amazing dad he is. He honored his son Jesus. He goes, here's what I do. I'm just going to put Jesus in charge. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create everything through him, by him, and for him. Everything's going to be for my son. What kind of dad is that? This is not a me. This is a we. This is a family affair. Hey, everything's going to be created through Jesus, by Jesus, and for my son. And matter of fact, man, I I preached about this last time I spoke in Ephesians 1.22. It says, God placed everything under his feet. And appointed him head over every ruler and every authority. And God goes, man, here's what I'm going to do. Jesus, your name is going to be the highest name. It's going to be the name above every other name. God just honored his son, Jesus. Then what did Jesus do? Jesus goes, oh, my gosh, Dad, that's amazing. I'm going to make sure, man, that everything that I say, you say it first. I'm not going to do anything unless I see you doing it first. In John 6, 38, Jesus goes, I came not to do my will, but to do the very will of my Father. So everything Jesus said and everything he did revealed the very heart and will of his Father. God honored him, and Jesus honored him right back because it was their love that made them one. And then God goes, oh, guess what, Jesus? You're actually not going to be able to fulfill what I sent you to do unless I send the Holy Ghost. He's going to come in power. And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes, oh, and the Spirit anointed me so that I can now go and preach the good news to the poor. Recover sight for the blind. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Oh, my gosh. And then the Holy Spirit goes, oh, man, I'm going to take what is yours, Jesus, and I'm going to make it known to everybody else. Everything that I do, people are going to not see me. They're just going to see you, Jesus. They're going to give you all the glory. It was their love that made them one. And the result of that is they spent their entire lives honoring one another. When our love for one another makes us one, 
we begin to see one another as brothers and sisters. You're not, you're not just people, man. We're brothers and sisters, man, that Jesus gave up his life for. You have a heart. You have a soul. You have feelings. And how I treat you matters. So I will spend the rest of my days honoring the sheer stew out of you. Not for who you appear to be or what you've done to me. It, don't, it doesn't matter. But who Jesus says you are. I don't see the problem. I see the promise. I don't see the impossibility. I see the possibility. I don't see the sin. I see the person. Ooh, I don't see the lack. I see the potential. This is who you are, man. Honor. Honor looks like our willingness, man, to go to our brothers and sisters and apologize when we've done something wrong. Because we're not perfect. Only Jesus is. But Jesus in us is helping us become like him. And so when we do something wrong, Jesus goes, hey, you might need to go apologize to the person and make it right. Because they're your brother. They're your sister. Go honor the stew out of them. Hey, man, I just, I, I, I messed up. I didn't mean to say that. It came out wrong. I just, I'm so sorry. Man. I love you so much. I want to make this right right now. I'm not perfect, but Jesus is. And he told me that what I did to you was wrong. I'm so sorry. Honor on the other side looks like you accepting that apology and going, man, it's okay. You're forgiven. I forgive you the same way that the Father forgives me. You're off the hook, man. I love you. You're my brother and my sister. I see who you really are. See, honor, honor doesn't compromise the truth. It's not tolerant of things that aren't biblical. But what honor is, is I don't have to agree with you in order to love you. I can actually sit across from you and us be in a disagreement, but come to the table with understanding because I love you. A, a, a natural response to love is honor. A natural response to honor is forgiveness. One of the greatest forms of love is honor. One of the greatest forms of honor is forgiveness. You are completely forgiven. And I, I, I'm telling you right now, Jesus is the standard for our forgiveness. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, 1 and 2, it says, Be imitators of God and live a life of love just as Christ loved you and gave himself up for you as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. So in order to imitate God, we have to forgive the same way that he's forgiven us. Ephesians 4, 2 says, Be humble and gentle with one another. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love is love. Makes us one. We see brothers and sisters. Not just individuals. And so it changes the way that we treat one another, handle our situations, respond to one another. The kingdom of God is not made up of individuals. It's made up of a family. This is a family business, man. Two things really profound that are happening in the body of Christ. Jesus is our purpose for being alive. And Christ in us gets to be Christ through us. And we're realizing and that we weren't created to go at this alone. We were created for one another. And I need you and you need me. And it's our love that puts us all on the same playing field. The natural response to love is how can I honor you today? And the natural response to honor, man, is I get to forgive you. And, and forgiveness not only sets them free, it sets you free. You ever tried to walk around with unforgiveness before? It's heavy. And the Bible says that your burden is light and your yoke is easy. If you walk around in unforgiveness, the burden's heavy and your yoke is hard. I get to let go of these things and put it in the Father's hands and trust them with them. Are you with me? So that I'm free. Freely I receive. Freely I get to give away. I, I'm not saying 
that, that look, look, trust has to be earned, but forgiveness is free. Okay, I don't have time to. I don't have to trust you yet. <laughs> you got to earn that back. But forgiveness is you. That's yours. You're my brother. My I see you for who you really are. Are you with me this morning? Let's all stand up. I, I, man, I don't know what just happened. I feel like I preached two messages this morning. <laughs> one about our purpose and one about family. So I don't know what you need this morning, but it's available in the room through Jesus and through family. I don't, I don't really know how we're supposed to close, but I just feel like we're supposed to hold hands for a second. Can we just join hands together as a family? And Alex, you can go ahead and start that song, and I'm just going to pray over us. And, and, and when I get through praying, I want the prayer ministers team to come up, and, and I'm going to, yeah, join the aisles. This is beautiful. Man, can I tell y'all something, man? When Jeremy and Carly and I were growing up, we went to this little bitty Baptist church in Clanton, Alabama called Providence Baptist Church Number 2. And I always, it always bothered me that it was number two. Because I was like, Jesus is number one. But I, after every service, we would join hands. And if I could remember the song, I'd sing it. But the song would talk about um, just joining heirs together as we travel this side. We're the family of God. It went something like that, man. But it was so, I, I will not, that's, that's the, one of the biggest things that I remember from that church. Is joining hands together at the end and being family. And knowing that I needed you and you need me. And we had one another to run this race with. You know, it's not really a race if you're running alone. And in Hebrews, it says to fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus and run this race together. All right. All right, so I'm going to pray. And then when I get through praying, man, if the prayer ministry team will come forward and whatever it is that you need this morning, if you need Jesus this morning, if you need healing in your body this morning, if you need restoration in your heart this morning, man, I, I, would, I would encourage you to come forward and receive prayer from family. Don't hurry out and go to lunch, man. Come and receive, man, what you need because Jesus is in the room and he wants to give it to you. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We honor you today, God. <laughs> mm, we just declare, God, that you're so good. We thank you that you're in the room, Jesus, and you're what matters the most in our life. Oh, we thank you that we need you and you're the source by which everything we need flows from. Oh, so this morning, Jesus, we just say yes to you. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would meet every heart where they are and you would give them more than what they came for, Jesus. I pray and declare salvation where there needs to be salvation. I pray and declare healing in hearts. And hearts that have been broken from maybe other family members or maybe other tough things that's happened in church and maybe whatever the case may be, Jesus, I pray that you would restore hearts this morning. You would encounter them with your love like never before and you would use this body of believers to partner with you in helping that this morning. I pray that, that hearts would become vulnerable this morning enough to look to their neighbor and say, hey, I need prayer. I need help. I feel alone. God, I thank you that this morning we get to run this race together. I thank you that this morning it's your love that puts us all in the same playing field. And that we're not comparing or competing or assuming or judging or jealous. 
Oh, man, we just get to come to, together in love to help encourage, empower, edify, oh, and partner with you to advance your kingdom. Man, instill that in us. Let, let your love and compassion for people well up in us in a new way because we see brothers and sisters, not just people and individuals. Jesus, help us to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Man, whatever you need to do, man, just take another few minutes as this worship song plays. If you need to tap your neighbor and you need prayer, if you need to come forward and you need prayer, do what you need to do this morning. God bless you.